Super Talk Mississippi media production. And now it's Coast View with Ricky Matthews. Brought to you by AG Chase Systems and Networks on Super Talk 103.1 FM. Welcome to Coast View, the show that every single day celebrates the men and women who are making Coastal Mississippi such an amazing place to live work and play. Hope you had a great weekend and that your Monday has started off terrific. We got a great show today. In the second half of the show, we're going to be talking with Richard Cross of the uh, Super Talk Network. He's a sports enthusiast. You know his name if you know sports. And uh, he was recently identified as one of the top 50 most influential leaders in the state. And we'll we'll talk a little bit more about why in the second half. But the first half of the show, I have my friend David Hardy uh, with Ely Gould. Hardy uh, Architects here in Biloxi, someone I've known for a long, long time, and I can't, can't wait to introduce him to you if you don't know him. But anyway, before, without any further ado, uh, do, David, welcome to Coast View, my friend. Good morning, Ricky. I am honored and uh, flattered to be on your show and uh, look forward to our conversation this morning. Well, look, it's so interesting because, okay, we have the Coast the one coast awards, but for for most people now who are regular listeners to this to this show, they know that we started the, the actual uh, community leaders uh, awards at the Sun Herald. It was one of the first things when I became publisher in two thousand one. It was one of the first things that I sought to do because I wanted not only to recognize young leaders but also significant leaders in the community that were making a difference. Um, I also wanted to honor Roland Weeks, a former publisher of the Sun Herald, who's still a wonderful mentor for me, and and create sort of this uh, this Roland Weeks Hall of Fame that the leaders went into. And it's so interesting when I get prepared to do this show, I'm often reminded that the people we're talking I'm about to have a conversation with have been recognized and you in 2003 uh one of the top uh 10 under 40 awards one of the very first groups uh for that award and you know gosh it's amazing how time flies is it looking back on that I, I still remember that happening but but it is amazing that so much time has flown by isn't it david uh, it, it is Ricky, and um, you know, in, in uh, that period of my career, I was very active with chamber organization, Rotary organization, businessmen's club, uh, state board of architecture, uh, our AIA organization, which is the professional organization of architects. Um, and, and, and in the interim, since then. I've really returned to a focus on the practice uh, with some uh, major project undertakings that have really occupied all of my time and appreciating that you also have to have a, a personal life. Uh, some things that had to be cut out. So I'm, I'm no longer as active in all those other organizations as I once was. Well, you've got, yeah, listen, your fingerprints are all over coastal Mississippi. And before, in just a few minutes, we'll get to some of the specific projects that you've been involved with. Uh, you're an incredibly talented architect. You've built a great firm, as we were talking about before we went to the, before we started the show. You've actually, I, I thought there was one major sort of merger and acquisition that happened. And you, you sort of brought me up to speed that there were three. And we'll explain to people what those three uh, big moments were in your expansion efforts as an ar- architectural firm. But I wanted to I wanted to start out with this that it's interesting that in 2003 we did uh, we gave you an award for top 10 under 40. Little would we know, David, 
that in 2005, when Hurricane Katrina hits, that we would become reintroduced to each other sort of in the wake of that during the charrettes that took place, these brainstorming sessions for all the communities of coastal Mississippi that Andreas Duani and uh, more than 100 architects and planners were involved in. But man, that was a real turning point for me as a leader, frankly, because it gave me an opportunity to understand how do you create a sense of place in a community? And I think a lot of people like me that were not in your work. You gave you gave big time during the aftermath of Katrina, but there were a lot of people like me that learned from people like you and learned from Andreas and others about the opportunities that were in front of us to build incredible communities. Man, that was a that was a formative time, wasn't it? You know, Ricky, looking back on it, um, it, it was a bit of a. Um, overwhelming period and that three years post Katrina it, it all sort of rolls together in my mind and it's hard to to piece out individual events simply because we were so busy helping so many uh, public entities across the coast and that's one of the things about our firm that we have a focus on public sector work uh, doing very little private work so uh, that's where all the recovery effort was and um, uh, I'll never forget, Ted Riemann had me on a national broadcast, and uh, the interviewer asked me a question of, uh, well, Mr. Hardy, how long do you think it's going to take for the coast to recover? And so I started thinking about it, and of course, I had dead air time, and Ted Riemann is behind the camera saying, you know, say something, say something. But I was literally thinking, how many how many months would it take for the planning? But you know, little did I know that here we are, some twenty years later, seeing still, you know, East Biloxi would construction still going on. So the devastation of that event uh, was incomprehensible at that time to put a number on it. And of course, the media always wants to put a number on it. How long is it going to take? Where will we be? And the answers are not that simple. You know, we need these undertakings that are legacy projects that help rebuild the coast um, that, that they take sometimes decades. Yeah, they, they do. But here's the here's the thing. And it's really influenced me to be uh, influenced me as a leader, as a person and my understanding of what it what it takes to build a sense of place. You know, we here we are in coastal Mississippi. Each of the cities of coastal Mississippi have their own unique sense of place. But when you bring them all together as a collective coastal Mississippi, we're one of the top destinations in this region. And people are beginning to discover, as you see what's happening in Ocean Springs and Bay St. Louis and downtown Pascagoula and Biloxi, downtown Biloxi, I mean, my goodness, it's on fire. And it's going to be really interesting to see where it goes from here. You see the, the, the role that architecture and planning plays in that is what I, what I got so educated about and so so understand that you know this this need to to not lose the characteristics of this community that historically are part of it and most people don't understand what it is they're looking at it and when they see it it's something that happens subconsciously but but the architecture controls a lot of what creates a sense of place you understood that and you were so darn committed to contributing to the conversation in a way it says let's don't lose sight of not losing who we are in this recovery effort. That was really important to you, wasn't it? Well, absolutely. You know, and, and in some ways, in, in retrospect, the new urbanist, as they were uh, uh, called themselves, 
uh, kind of took a bad rap because a lot of folks did not understand what they were trying to recreate, which really is just urbanism. It's old urbanism. And if you think about the most loved places on the coast, downtown Ocean Springs, Bay St. Louis, downtown Biloxi, downtown Gulfport, their favorite parts where you see the population and the pedestrians are in those areas where the streetscape is framed by the frontage of buildings. So when you have that cross section of the street and buildings that are fronting it and, and those spaces are activated, preferably with retail and entertainment, it creates that urban experience. I call it a micro urban experience is really what we have here on the coast. And, and so that what you don't want are empty lots. What you don't want is surface parking. Those things do not contribute to good urbanism. And good urbanism is just a place where people want to be and, and enjoy the streetscape. Uh, and so that's all we were looking to do in, in new urbanism is less plan to restore the streetscape, to restore the urban context, to build in those historic downtown areas. You know, and one thing in, in, in retrospect, I'll be somewhat critical of the hundreds of millions of dollars that went into infrastructure development in the county. Now, not to say it wasn't needed, but it is most efficient to rebuild your downtown areas in terms of dollars spent because so much of the infrastructure was already there. And uh, Leland Speed, uh, I'll never forget, he said uh, post-Katrina, I don't care what you do, those people are going to build right back there on that water. You know, and we have, and and our downtown areas are still building, and uh, you know, and, and I, I'm sure we'll get to the topic of the Mississippi Aquarium, but so much of the Mississippi Aquarium of of really what it was about is intended to be a catalyst for redevelopment of downtown Gulfport as an anchor to encourage other development, and and that's coming. Yeah, <clears throat> what's exciting about what we're seeing, and I have conversations with mayors and developers and a long list of people here on Coastview. What's exciting about where we are now is it's taken us 16 or 17 years to get to the point where we're having really, really substantive conversations and developers who have experience with it are spending their money in these communities. But we're, we're seeing mixed use now. We're understanding that in this new economy that people want to live, work, and play in a very similar area. This whole notion of living out in rural areas, especially now with the price of gas, is not so so sexy a thing as it used to be. People, it's just a different thing. And all, the other thing is that people can work remotely. People choose where they want to live now. It's a, it's a complete sort of turning of the old economic development on their heads. And we're seeing tremendous activity in the downtown areas all across coastal Mississippi that are all about this live, work, and play aspect. And millions and millions of dollars being committed and more money coming. It's going to be unbelievable. It's taken us a while to get here, but we're there now. And what's going to happen from this point forward is going to be incredible. Hey, when we come back, we're going to continue our conversation with David Hardy. I'm curious about this 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 growth strategy that he had early in his uh, tenure as an architect that led him to being one of the top architectural firms in the state of Mississippi. When we come back, we'll continue the conversation. Subscribe for free to the Coast View Podcast on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
His love for the coast is why he's here. It's Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1. Welcome back to Coast. You have David Hardy with us. He's with Ely Gild Hardy Architects. They were not always Ely Gild Hardy Architects. It was a, a metamorphosis of this company, a growth strategy. We'll come back to that a sec in just a second. In fact, we'll come to that next, actually. But, David, let's give people an opportunity. You say you do a lot of work in sort of the public sector. So you've you know, built a lot of schools. You've built really you know, destination features in this community. Give them a sense of some of the things that you've been involved in. Oh, well, one of the first really notable projects we were involved with was uh, uh, Biloxi Schools Bind Issues uh, that, that was uh, undertook in, uh, it was about 1999, 2000 era. Uh, they started discussions of a bond issue and, and passage, and that was the first major undertaking that I was involved with. And uh, out of that, we had put together a joint venture with a gentleman named Leonard Collins, who uh, uh, is an architect in Biloxi, and he's passed away since. And I learned a lot from Leonard. Um, in fact, uh, you know, uh, two, two of my mentors, one, uh, Bill Gild, uh who uh, is Taylor God's father, uh, he always told me, uh, well, tell the contractor he needs to build it the way we showed it on the drawings. Well, well Leonard added to that and, and, and taught me that, well, we need to show it on the drawings the way it needs to be built. So it was uh, always learning from these guys. But uh, uh, the Biloxi Schools Project was one of the first big undertakings. And uh, out of that, we established a Biloxi office and the next really notable project that came out of that was the opportunity to work with Frank Gehry on the Oral O'Keefe Museum of Art. Uh, of course, at that time, Jerry O'Keefe was looking to establish a, a major museum uh, dedicated to the, to the work of uh, George Orr in Biloxi. And um, he had engaged uh, Frank Gehry. And, and I, of course, we were all flattered that Frank Gehry would agree to do a project here in, in little Biloxi, Mississippi. And um, we were fortunate enough to be selected to serve as the local architect of record to work with Frank Gehry. Um, and uh, long story on that project as well, uh, Ricky. But, uh, you know, what I quickly learned was you needed good partners in the practice of something so complex as architecture. Uh, and, and that became a pattern of, of growth for our practice. Uh, by bringing in people that that we trusted and people that we could share responsibility with because it, it really takes that in a practice of architecture. But uh, subsequent to that, you know, this we touched on uh, post-Katrina and uh, post-Katrina recovery really required a statewide effort of architects all working together, coming to the coast to help rebuild. And, and out of that, we established a Jackson office out of necessity just to bring additional people on board with the firm. And uh, we ended up teaming up with a guy named Jim Ely, which was Ely Associates at that, that time in Jackson, Mississippi. And uh, we subsequently in 2008 uh, put together a merger with uh, Jim Ely and uh, at that point rebranded the firm as Ely God Hardy Architects. Um, but fast forward to uh, uh, the spring of 2020 in, in the throes of 
uh, COVID and an opportunity was presented to uh, do another merger with a, a firm named Barlow Eddie Jenkins. Uh, and, and notably, they had a lot of medical experience, which we did not have. And we put together a merger with their partners who are now in our Jackson office, uh, Chuck Barlow, Scott Eddy, and Brian Kabunak. Um, and uh, we're doing some great work with those guys. And that's really sort of revitalized our Jackson office of bringing in that fresh blood. And uh, it's the nature of a creative practice that you always need to bring in uh, new folks and, and have that energy in the firm. And we continue to hire young folks in, in our offices. And uh, that's our lifeblood, Ricky, is, is just uh, building uh, 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 relationships, building partnerships, and, um, and, and building the community. So there's some, you, you mentioned the aquarium, and we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about the aquarium that you were involved in. You also were in, involved in the Infinity Science Center, really a very important uh, effort over in Hancock County. Uh, you, 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 you helped develop the sort of the expansion plan for the Mississippi Gulf Coast Coliseum and its unique architecture. And I mean, the, really the list goes on and on. Um, if you had to say something about your style, is there um, sort of a, a style that you bring or you just, you know, the ability to sort of do multiple styles and you're listening carefully to the customer? But is I, I sense there's something that you bring to the table, sort of like Frank Gehry brings to the table. There's a when you see something that, that you d developed, there's you can kind of it's got a hearty flair to it. Um, well, Ricky, you know, it's been such a. a huge variety of work. If you, you look at uh, uh, these major projects that you just mentioned, all of those projects were the result of a collaboration with national firms. You know, anytime a, a public agency like Mississippi Coast Coliseum, they were looking for a national firm that had expertise in convention center design. Uh, now, fortunately on that one, we were hired as a local architect first, working with Bill Holmes and his staff. And we got to sit in on the interviews with the national firms to say, hey, if we're going to bring a national convention center expert in, let's have you part of the team picking that expert. And we ultimately picked a firm named TBS Design, and uh, they're out of Atlanta, and they, they're a noted expert. And in fact, when they presented themselves, they presented themselves as experts on convention centers, on running convention centers. So that's that's a whole nother conversation of how you present yourself when you're looking to get hired for a job. But um, you know, each of those projects, uh, because we had national experts involved, uh, I, I, I was I, my role was somewhat of a, a, a calibrator of bringing in their expertise and say, okay, how do we calibrate that design concept that you're bringing to our local conditions? So, so if anything, uh, I, I'm the, the the guy that was. Uh, calibrating the design they brought and and, may, and maybe and in, in fact oftentimes serving as what i'd call a mediator because all of these jobs we ultimately had to construct under a public contract and there there is no perfect set of design drawings and there's uh and and we acknowledge that and it's how you negotiate 
through those imperfections with the contractors that leads to a successful job. So if, if anything I take pride in is the, the fact that I've gotten to this point in my career with no major lawsuits, uh, <laughs> you know, because the construction industry, A&E industry is fraught with lawsuits. There's a lot of potential out there, especially when you're, you're building something that is as complex as the Mississippi Aquarium or the Oral O'Keefe Museum of Art or the Mississippi Coast Coliseum or even Infinity Science Center. All of those buildings have unique geometry, complex designs that are challenging. Yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, we're, I wish we had, uh, I said this before the show, I wish we had spent a whole show together because there's so much to talk about. Yes. I, I want to actually, like, for example, in the future, I want to dive into the Oro Keefe Museum. What it was like to work with someone like Frank Geary, who's literally world-renowned, and this opportunity to bring his whimsical architectural designs together with George Orr's whimsical pots and how it's, I mean, obviously, they, they were, I think they were generations apart knowing each other, but the reality is there was so much similarity, <clears throat> and what a great marriage that was. I want to hear your point of view about that. Uh, I want to talk more about how the, the, Mississippi, the, the Mississippi Aquarium does does create an opportunity to be a catalyst. And and because of its unique position, where that ca campus is there on the beach, what it can bring to the table, man, there's a lot, lot to talk about. And I, I want to bring you back on and really zero in on that. But, sure. but, but as we're coming down to the end of our time together, I just want to say that yeah, I really appreciate the fact that as a publisher of the Sun-Herald, you stayed connected with me. And I don't know if it was because of the time we spent together after Hurricane Katrina and that we just had a bond about building a better community. I don't know what caused that. But you, we stayed in touch with each other, and it made a big difference in my leadership. And I bet other people who have had connections with you in the community feel the same way about you. And I just want to thank you for doing that. Well, um Ricky, I'm, I'm, I'm flattered, and um, it's uh, been uh, a, a journey of opportunity to, to stay connected with folks. And uh, anytime you're working on these major undertakings, you're dealing with uh, strong leadership. And when you do deal with strong leadership, there are sometimes strong opinions. Uh, and if, if anything, it's um, the ability to, to negotiate those strong opinions to arrive at a successful project that's often a challenge uh, because there, there are great expectations when you undertake some of these projects. And, um, and, 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 and some say that, that sometimes great expe expectations can lead to great disappointment, but uh, therein lies uh, the, the difference of, uh, uh, that architects make that we have the opportunity to, to lead to success and um, and uh, uh, it, it's been a, a fun journey, Ricky, and it's not over yet. So there's more great to come. Well, David Hardy, it's been a pleasure to have you on the show. Yeah, you're right. I mean, the ability to communicate, the ability to deal with stakeholders, the ability to bring people together and collaborate, that's the key to great architects. And you've proven you can do that. And it's been an honor to have you as a friend and watch you on your journey. And I look forward to having you back so we can dive in a little bit deeper to some of these projects. But for today, we're out of time. It's been a pleasure. And uh, we'll, t we'll talk to you soon, buddy. Thanks, Ricky. You bet. You bet. Have have a great day. Uh, uh, oh, Kyle, I don't know how. Is this? This is the beginning, huh? Yeah, this is the beginning. So let me hang on one second, David. You're gonna do a little edit here, and we'll say we're Richard Cross coming at Richard Cross at the uh, next. Okay.
So anyway, I appreciate you, David. Uh, when we come back, we're going to have a conversation with Richard Cross. We'll see you after this break. Listen live or on demand and watch episodes of Coast View on your laptop, desktop, or on your phone or tablet by going to supertalkmsgulfcoast.com. A Supertalk Mississippi media production.